I'll start with a question. Have any of you ever met any members of the royal family? Let me see your hands. I can, oh, a couple at the back. I can see some of you out there online. Do you know that Princess Anne is very petite? She's very beautiful too. How do I know that? Because I've seen her with my own eyes. I was working for a company at some point years ago and she came to open our new building. And she's a very petite lady, very beautiful. I've seen her with my own eyes. How many of you have heard of the Red Arrows? Let me see your hands. Yeah. <laughs> a few of you have. Uh, they're often seen above Buckingham Palace at special events. Um, and they are the Royal Air Force display team. So you would see them doing all sorts of acrobat acrobatics um, in the air with blue and red smoke coming out of their planes. On the 17th of May in 1980, some of you were not yet born. The Red Arrows and their British Aerospace Hawk jets were appearing at Brighton Seafront I was um, a teenager, and I was there. But there was an accident in their display, and two of the aircraft nearly collided. I thought it was purposeful, as one of the men parachuted out and made such an escape. I thought it was supposed to happen that way, but it was later on the news that I realised I'd witnessed a near accident. So it was on the news and people heard about it, but I saw it for myself. Let me read for you from Luke chapter 10, first of all, verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 10. Now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others 70 others, so what happened before? Hmm. And sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going. So Jesus was on his way, but he wasn't quite there yet. And he sent 72 ahead of him. They were chosen and they were sent out with a purpose. Verse 2 gives us the plan of the Lord back then in those days. And he was saying to them, the 72, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest or ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So he chose them, he sent them, but they went with a purpose. They weren't just going out to be, to do, to have some fun. Although always when you're serving the Lord, there's fun. But they went out with a purpose, and that purpose was the harvest is plentiful. 
many, many, many are out there and they don't know about Jesus Christ. They don't know about God the Father. They don't know about the plans that he has for his creation. They're sent out to spread the good news of Jesus' love. They're sent out to bring people to him. How many of you today would say that you are chosen? That you are being sent out with a purpose? How many of you who are not from this nation have arrived here and wonder why you're here? How many of you were born to parents from a different nation, but you, like me, a second-generation Jamaican, you've ended up in the United Kingdom? Is there a purpose? Not only ending up here or being born here, but being chosen by God. Did we find Christ or did Christ find us? Did we call to him or did he call us? How many of you can say you are chosen, you are called, and you're being sent out by the Lord for a purpose? I would say that I am. Now let's look at what happens. The 72, they go, they're given instructions, but they know they're going on behalf of Jesus Christ. Let's go down to verse 17. Praise the Lord. Let's read it in a different version. I think NIV. Hallelujah. So verse 17 of, of Luke chapter 10 says, the 72 returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They came back with joy, rejoicing that the demons have no power, but submit to them in the name of Jesus Christ. They realized the power of God. Those 72 were used of God. Those 72 realized they accomplished something Perhaps there were healings, miracles, deliverance, people believing what they were saying and accepting a place in the kingdom of God. Clearly, them going out with purpose brought joy to that 72. They were filled with joy. They returned with joy. Even the demons submit to us in your name. So it didn't just happen for them, did it? That these things took place, that Jesus said, hi, let me pick 72 of you, off you go. What happened? Let's talk about my sermon title, the eyewitness account. Eyewitness testimony is a legal term. It refers to an account given by people of an event that they've witnessed. For example, they may be required to give a description at a trial of a robbery or a road accident um, that somebody has seen. And it includes identifying people that have done wrong. So you'd give details at a crime scene. I remember last year or the year before, I was walking um, outside of a, a tube station with a friend of mine, can't remember where we were going, and um, you know those people that do delivery, 
they kind of ride those tricycle things, not, 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 not like delivering those, but they've got tricycle things around London, I don't know what you call them. But um, as, as this chap was driving along, a young guy came and just took his bag of money and began to run. And we watched because we, we didn't want to intervene and he was quick. But at least we knew that if the police came, we could give a description. We saw what happened. We witnessed it. What to me is one of the most powerful statements, words in the Bible are seen in verse 18 of Luke chapter 10. Remember the 72 have come back with joy and they've said even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What a powerful, powerful word. He saw, he was an eyewitness that Satan fell, was cast out, powerless from heaven. He saw it. Jesus saw it. He witnessed it. He was an eyewitness to the most powerful event that had taken place at that point. There were other eyewitnesses in the Bible. For instance, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 22, Matthias is being chosen to replace Judas because, you know, he betrayed the Lord and the Lord went to the cross. Matthias is chosen as he was an eyewitness from the time of John the Baptist until Jesus' ascension. Matthias was maybe part of the 72. Matthias saw and knew of John the Baptist and what he preached, repent and be saved. Matthias was walking along with those people that were following Jesus Christ. Matthias witnessed all of the things that Jesus was doing, or Matthias. So he was chosen to replace Judas. And that was really important to be part of the 12. And then you have people like Peter and John. They testify before the Jewish council in the book of Acts chapter 5. You put him to death. God raised him from the dead. We are his witnesses. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. John and Peter saw 2 Peter 1.16, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So, if you're speaking to someone and they tell you they saw something, you kind of believe it, don't you? The little boy comes up, mommy, mommy, mommy. Johnny tore that letter you were writing, he tore it. How do you know? I saw him do it. When somebody says they've seen something, it becomes more powerful, doesn't it? You, you tend to believe that something was seen, that something was witnessed. And there in the Bible are eyewitness accounts after Christ's ascension. But yet again, I say that Jesus saw Satan fall like lightning 
from heaven. He had been doing great things in heaven in charge of worship. Is there anything more beautiful than worshipping the Lord and being a worshipper of the Lord? He was no longer doing that anymore. Wee Boom! Puff blown out of him. Power removed from him. But I hear some of you asking, it seems like he still has power on earth today. There are troubles, there are wars, there are rumours of wars, there's suffering going on. It seems like he still has power. Look at Jesus' joy after he says his response to the 72, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse, chapter nine, uh, verse 19 of Luke chapter 10 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. When he sent the 72 out, they went with his authority and his power that he had given them to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. To be victorious. I've given you power to be victorious. Hallelujah. And nothing will harm you. I think of Stephen when he was a deacon serving and helping the people as the church grew. And he was snatched and they began to stone him. And he would say, well, he's being harmed because he's being stoned to death. Yet all he could do was look up and see the one who had seen Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He could only look up and see Jesus Christ and knew that he was not harmed as he went straight into those arms of Jesus Christ. Yes, we can physically, emotionally be experiencing things that seem difficult and things that seem impossible in our lives, but wait, where are our eyes on those situations or are they on the one who saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, powerless? Hallelujah. Powerless. Powerless. In, in verse 20, he says, However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. It is something to be happy about. It is something to be excited about. That the demons are subject to us. That powers of darkness are subject to those of us who are born again in the body of Christ. It is exciting, yet Jesus says, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. Rejoice that you belong to me forever and ever and ever. Not only did the 72 come back and recognize the power and authority Jesus had given them and that it worked, not only could they not have done those things of themselves unless they had his authority, but they were to recognize that Jesus saw Satan fall like lightning. They were to recognize that because 
Satan fell like lightning. Jesus now had authority. He hadn't yet ascended in here, but we know what was going to happen. And that it was for their salvation. Not just for their salvation, those 72, and the disciples that were following Jesus around. But it was for the salvation of those that they were sent out to witness to. And it was for our salvation in the future and for the salvation of others that we would reach. Verse 22, well, let me go from verse 21 of Luke chapter 10. I'll give you a little bit of context here. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, he's full of joy because he's seen that the 72 have obeyed. He's seen that before he's got there and he sent them ahead, things are already happening. People are being stirred. Belief is beginning to take place. And he knows he's going to do some mighty works that will be witnessed. Full of the joy of the Holy Spirit, he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven, and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Don't we thank the Lord today that he chose to reveal himself to us? He chose. Verse 23 says, Then he turned to his disciples and he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Those that saw that were with him, their eyes were blessed. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. He was trying to um, help the disciples to understand how blessed they were to be there to see the things that Jesus Christ was doing in their time, in their day. I want to ask us now, is Christ using us on earth today? Are we being used in our lives, in our communities, in our church, in our places of work, in our homes? What would be the eyewitness account of somebody in your workplace about you? What would somebody be able to say they witnessed about your life? Would they be able to say, she is a bit like that Jesus she talks about who saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven? She is walking in the power and the authority of this Christ that she proclaims. Last Sunday, we were very busy in this church. We always are. It's a thriving church. We're so blessed, it's busy. There are different activities going on and inside the services, but also outside of the services last week, I could say that I know of three salvations that took place. Three people came to the Lord, somebody in New Gen, somebody abroad, somebody doing an interview to dedicate their baby. Just in that few couple of hours, some people therefore 
knew they were chosen, knew they were called, knew they were sent out with a purpose. Some people knew that they were to preach the gospel because they had the authority and the power of the one who was the eyewitness to the fall of Satan. We're about the business of building Christ's church, are we not? This takes us being active. It means we must be doing things for the kingdom. One thing for sure we can be sure, Christ has power and authority. We took communion earlier. We praise the Lord that he went to the cross, he died, he rose. Eternal life belongs to us, but more than eternal life. The Holy Spirit belongs to us. The Spirit empowers us to do things for him. The Spirit empowers us to witness that Jesus Christ is alive and saves us. We have the power and the authority through Christ because he saw Satan fall like lightning. We believe, we believe that Christ has the power and has the victory for our lives. We believe, therefore, that we can take that power. We should be excited. And with that power, bring men and women into the kingdom of God. We have the authority. We have the power. It's time that we understand we need to redeem every single second that we have. In every situation. So that people will come to Jesus. We need to be sowing seed. They need to know who we are. There are a few people here that, well, I would be saved every time I speak to them, let me tell you. But are we all taking up this call? Do we know our purpose like the 72? What was, what was it about them that made them know? Remember, they saw, they were with Jesus, they followed. In the previous chapter, he sent out 12. Then in chapter 10, he sends out 72. More and more and more are being sent out. And it gets to the point where nobody has seen him physically anymore. We haven't. Yet we have a witness in the Holy Spirit of who Jesus Christ is. The power of Jesus is with us and we can't doubt because he was an eyewitness to what took place in the heavenlies. Are we ready to be like the 72? To go out and to come back with joy, that even the demons are subject, they submit to what we say as we move under the power of Jesus Christ. Even as I've spoken about the fact that the purpose of the 72 was to go ahead of Jesus Christ and witness to his power, witness to his authority, witness to his salvation. The purpose that I would stand here today, the purpose why many would come to learn this afternoon in our sanctuary, the purpose why straight after this service they will go out and be on the phone or meet somebody on the street, is so that you, who may not know Jesus Christ, will come to Jesus Christ. 